Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay. Let me get to my scripture. All right. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to, to gather here. Thank you for just being with us and loving us and just being so faithful to your word and so faithful to us, and we give you the praise. Holy Spirit, just speak through me this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. amen. So um, <clears throat> I was just, there's this thing that popped up. Do you know how, how wonderfully and awesome made you are? I was just thinking about, I was looking at the stars and the moon and and everything that that's in the universe, like God created the grass, and the, and that we could use a little more to grow, maybe a little bit more rain, and then the pastures would grow a little, and we could don't have to feed hay yet to the horses, right? But anyway, um, but God created all that, and how awesome He is. But one thing that I think we forget sometimes is that He created us, and how awesome and wonderfully we are made in Him. And so um, I was reading this. And, um, it, you know, you talk about the Hubble telescope that increases the horizon. You can see, like, forever and ever and ever. But we look out at all the outer stuff, but we forget that how great we are made in him and in his image and in who he is for us. And so it says right here um, <clears throat> that there are more than 30 trillion cells in our body, in our body. Now think about that, 30 trillion cells in our body. Each DNA contains 3 billion individual, individual characters. Now listen again, each DNA contains 3 billion individual characters. Okay, I'm going to help you understand that number. 1 million seconds equals 12 days. One billion seconds equals 32 years. Thus, to count the characters in one cell at one character per second will take 96 years. Now just let that process. That's you. One little cell in you. You don't think we got a big creator, a God that created the heavens and the earth, and he put so much finite, so much detail in us that, that it would take us 96 years just to count one little cell in DNA. Incredible, right? But when you think about it, he, he's a God of detail. He's a God that knows what he's doing. And so, and we think we got a handle on technology. Mega and terabytes are dwarfed beyond that, right? That we may be filled with the fullness of God is a thought that breaks all boundaries. We are fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made and equally fearfully and wonderfully redeemed. Amen. Colossians 2.9 says this, In him all the fullness of deity resides in a human body. He proves that human life is tailor-made for God. Again, what is that? Christ in heaven? Christ way out in the universe, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I was, um, my wife, I was talking to my wife this morning, and, and I was telling her this stuff, and 
She's like, why are you doing that? It's like, no one gets that. And I was like, well, I'm a science geek. And she goes, well, you got half of that right. <laughs> and I don't know which half she's talking about, the science or the geek, right? So she throws this at me. You know, in Psalms 118 is the exact middle chapter in the Bible. Psalms 117 is the shortest chapter. Psalms 119 is the longest chapter. She wrote this down for me. There are 594 before Psalms 118, and there are 594 after Psalms 118. Add all of the chapters except Psalm 118, and you get 1188, or 118.8, which would be Psalms 118.8, which is what? The exact middle of the Bible. And do you know what it says? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. What is he talking about? Like, we can put our confidence in all kinds of things, and we can trust in, in all kinds of things. Like, I got horses, man, and I love my horses, and, and sometimes I want to trust in their power when I'm out doing something. But, but like the Bible says, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the Lord my God. And I, w- I was just thinking of that. I was thinking about the Israelites. What, what is it? I will trust in the name let me, let me read that scripture to you one more time. You, good luck following me this morning. I'm going to go all over the place. <laughs> Psalms 118.8, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord. What is the Lord? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What does it translate? Yahweh. Right. yud hey yad hey yud hey bav hey which translates to what? I am that I am. It is better to trust in the name of the Lord, the great I am, the great creator of the universe, not the great I was. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. But do you know when the, when the soldiers come to, to arrest Jesus, you know what? I was just thinking about this earlier. They said, are you he that we've come to get? And he, he's, he's like, I am. Are you, are you Jesus? Are you Yeshua? Are you Yahweh's salvation, he says, I am he. And what happened to the soldiers? They all fell out like they were dead. Why? Because of the glory and the weight that come in and through Jesus and through God and through, through who he really is and through rec- recognition of the great I am, the Lord. That's what we see when we see the Lord is I am that I am. We see, see a great glory and, and a holiness to it. And then I was thinking about Moses, too. Moses out running for his life, taking care of sheep. Stand up. Stay here. Whoa. Will it whoa? There we go. Taking care of sheep. And what happens? A burning bush comes in, and he says, well, you know, Moses, take your sandals off. This is holy ground, right? And then he says, I want you to go tell, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he says, well, who am I going to tell him sent me? Moses? Like, am I... And, and God's like, no, Moses, tell him, I am that I am sent you. What is he saying? So what's he saying? It's better to trust in the Lord than in man. It's better to trust in who he is and what he brings, because who he is and what he brings is what brings us deliverance. Not putting our trust in man, not putting our trust in systems, but putting our trust in him. 
and in him alone. And then we know in him he will deliver us and, and get us through everything and anything that we're ever going to face. Isn't that good news? So as I was listening to that, I was thinking about Moses, and he's going, he's getting ready to go to the children of Israel, and, and um, he's talking to them, and then he's going to Pharaoh, and nobody wanted to listen to him. They're like, yeah, who sent, who sent you? You never heard of him. Like, I, I, I looked in Wikipedia, I Googled him, like I did all this other stuff, and I never heard of him, and Pharaoh's like, Ugh. Well, who's that? He's like, that's my God. That's my creator. He's like, no, I'm God. He thought he was God. And you know what? God changed some things around. Actually, every one of the, the plagues was uh, um, a referendum on the, the gods that the Egyptians actually thought they had or were, right? So he says, I am that I am. But I was thinking about that. Here Moses is coming, and he's saying, saying, hey, let my people go. And you think that it's just Moses doing it, but we forget that years ago, Abram, Abraham made a covenant with God. God made a covenant with Abraham, and he had an appointment with him. And it made me think. He had an appointment from a covenant, but it was an appointment with a promise. They said, you know what? I'm going to set them free. I'm going to let them go, and they're going to go into a place they never dreamed possible because I am their God. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord... The joy of the I am that I am is your strength. What did Jesus say? We uh, say um, he, he said, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, right? So, so here what he's saying is, is our joy is found in who he is. When it looks like we're not going to make it, God says, hey, I am that I am is here. I'm going to go before you and make a way where there seems to be, a, be no way. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You have an appointment with a promise because I made the promise. Look at Mary. Like we read about her, and um, I'll read about it real quick so you'll know, but think about this. Years and years and years before she was born, there was a promise that a virgin would be with a child and it would be a sign. Guess who that was? That was Mary. Right? Guess God didn't just wake up one day and say, Hey, hey, Mary, why don't I got this great idea? Why don't you have a baby? And we'll call him Jesus. No, God had a promise because of a covenant that he was going to send and he had her in mind from the very beginning. He had an appointment with the promise because he has a purpose for each and every one of our lives if we'll just learn to rest and trust in him. Before the foundations of the earth, God knew you were going to be born, and he had a plan for you, and he had something that he wants to unleash that only you can unleash and do in him and through him if you'll just trust him, right? Are we going to trust him? So I was just thinking about, about that. And, you know, God gives us that free will, too. Mary had that choice. When the angel came to him, said, hey, you're going to have a choice. She's like, no, she, she didn't back up. She's like, so be it according to your word. What are God's promises to you? The Bible says some of God's promises are yes and amen. said a few of God's promises are yes and amen. said how many of them? All of them are yes and amen. So I was reading here and I was just trying to, trying to think Father, um, 
what do you want to talk about? Because I got so many things going through my mind these days, and there's so much going on, and you can get your focus so much off on what's going on in the world, and you forget who we are. We forget that this is Jesus is the head of the church, right? But, but he's the head of the body, and so much of the time I think we're waiting for Jesus to come back and forgetting that God has a purpose for us right here and right now. Right? He's the head of the church. You know, I was laying down sleeping when I lay down to sleep. You know, what's, what's funny is I, like, I don't sit there and I was like, man, I wish my head would come back so I could do something. <laughs> I wish my head was on so I could do this or I could do that. I don't do that. Why? Because my head is on. But if I just sat there all the time, you know what? I'll get up and do something when my head comes back. I guess Jesus the head of the church, and we're all waiting for him to come back, and, and we're just laying there. When he comes back, that's when everything's going to happen. When he comes back and God says, no, that's not what I called you. I called you for right here and right now with a purpose and a plan for where you are right now. We can, we can for years and years, we waited for Jesus to come back, and I believe he is coming back. But in the meantime, what if he's waiting saying, hey, I want my body to rise up. I want my bride to rise up and be who she's called to be and go forth and take dominion and do what she's supposed to do rather than just laying down, oh, I hope someday I get to go to heaven. When he's like, you are, you carry heaven, you carry the kingdom of God within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How about let's wake up and do something now that allow God to, to be seen right now Rather than going around and just saying, hey, you know, Jesus is coming back. I better get ready, and I don't want to drink a Coke at the wrong time, because if it's a sin, I'll miss a rapture, and then, <laughs> then I'll be stuck feeding the dogs. And Come on, right? God didn't call us to sit around and, and to be observers. When he left, he said, go into all the world and wait on me and tell them that one day they'll go to heaven and everything will be okay, or one day I'm going to come back. No, he didn't. He said, Go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel. Preach what? The good news. Not just preach it, but live it. Right? Not just waiting for Star Trek Scotty to beam us up. And like, again, I'm not against that. I, lo I love the eschatology stuff. But what I do, I don't want to get as lulled into sleep. to where I'm inactive and not able to do everything and anything that God called me to be. God has set us up with an appointment, with a promise. There's someone that you're going to go reach and talk to and touch that needs a miracle, that needs the Jesus in you to flow through you, the kingdom to flow through you. And, and I love this because we're, we're looking at Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, In the, in the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled of his glory. Can you imagine this? Here, here Isaiah is seeing this, and, and, and he's seeing the glory of God and the angels just flying around and everybody around. Like, there's, 
That's all they're doing around the throne is going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Why? They can't move because of the weightiness and the, and the glory and, and the, the uh, majesty that he is and who, what he carries. That's how magnificent he is. And here Isaiah is seeing it, and Isaiah is getting a vision of it, and he's thinking, you know something? This ain't just something that's ordinary. And the moment that he see it, sees it, he says, at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Man, it wasn't on fire. But it was still smoke, right? Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord. I am that I am almighty. Now think about that. When we get a vision and a realization of who God really is, like I was talking about how big the universe is and then how wonderful we are, think about what it took to get that much intricate detail in to all this stuff, and he did it with just ease. Why? Because he's that majestic, he's that awesome, and he's that cool, man. He is. He's a science geek, but he's both. He's not just half. I'm not sure which half I am still. But watch. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar when he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? What he did right there first is he cleansed him of a guilty conscience. You can hear, he's like, I'm unclean. I, like standing before you, I have nothing to offer you and I'm not just have nothing to offer you. I'm unclean, man. Not only am I unclean, everybody is talking. They're unclean. Remember Job's friends who have all this advice in the Bible? And they're giving him all this advice in, in the Bible. And I hear people repeating the advice that his friends gave him that God condemns. They're like, the Bible says this, and we should do this. And then you read on down, and God's like, who are they? Why are you counseling with men? Why aren't you taking my word? Like, and they're repeating that. And, and it's not even, God didn't say it, and God didn't condone it. But they're saying it because it's in the Bible, and they're taking it out of context. And then we're wondering why we have problems, right? It's real important to know who we are and know what what we're doing, but also to know who he is and what he wants to really do in our lives. So here he is. Send me, man. Here I am. Something changed. There was a change in his consciousness. He went from a guilty conscience to a freedom where he's like, hey, I'm, I'm clean now. I, send me, send me, send me. And I think sometimes as a church, we're always trying to get saved again, trying to get righteous enough again, trying to get holy enough again. And we disqualify ourselves. And God's saying, hey, I've made you as righteous and holy as you're ever going to be on that cross. Now go reach other people with the good news of the gospel. Let's go. Here I am. Now, when we get that realization, we can say, oh, man, this is so great. This is better. This gospel's better than we ever dreamed it could be. 
God's bigger than we could ever dream. We can imagine the greatest God, the greatest thing on the universe, and when we get there, we're going to be disappointed because we weren't even close to thinking what he is because he's going to be so much greater than that. That's the God we serve. And he's saying, what are you saying? Are you waiting to be good enough or are you ready to say, hey, here I am. Send me. I'm not talking about going to Africa. I'm not talking about you have to go off on this mission trip. I'm talking about right here, right now. We just allow him to move in your life and work in your life and do great things in and through you to reach other people, right? Amen. And so here he says, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving, Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. What are you saying, man? God's like telling him in this season, hey, he's he's like saying the opposite of what he really wants. Because he wants them to hear with their ears and to see with their eyes and to understand with their hearts and turn to him and be healed. And that's why we go go on down here. And this was was a prophecy that comes up to a promise, too. But it says this, Ahaz... um, become the king and he was afraid and there's these two dudes are coming to get him and he says you know what you don't have to be afraid of those old smoldering stumps because i'm i've got you and he says yes this is what the sovereign lords because they were planning to take him out and he says it will not take place it will not happen for the head of aram is damascus and the head of damascus is only resin and then he goes on and and talks about how it won't happen but he says this if you do not stand firm in your faith You will not stand at all. No, he's saying I give you a choice. He says, today I've set before you life and death. And then he even tells you the right answer. Like, you ever in school? It's like, is it A or B? And then they're like, pick A. Pick A, because if you do B, you're going to flunk, and it's going to be, you have to take the class over again. Right? He's, He's giving it. And so here again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz and asking the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest depths. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And then Isaiah said, um, said, okay, it's not enough that you'll test the Lord. And he said, this will be a sign to you. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. You know, when we, we do Christmas and all the celebrations, we're always thinking, wow, it's so awesome. Because I always pictured, you know, just one day, Day the angel showed up out of the blue. Hey, Mary, guess what? But we forget she had an appointment with the promise that was made thousands and thousands of years ago. But guess what? You have an appointment with the promise, too, that comes from a covenant that was made with blood, just like Abraham's covenant was made, that set the children free from Israel. You have a greater promise because it comes from the blood of the perfect Lamb, Jesus. In fact, you have a bunch of those, like 8,000 and some of those, a lot of, lot of them. And he says, every promise is maybe. No, every promise is yes and amen in him, right? You have an appointment with a promise. And that's good news. And so he says this, therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. 
Man, if I'd have said 2,000 years or that hundreds of years before someone's going to have a baby and said, not only is it going to be a virgin, but she's going to have a baby. And you're like, oh, yeah, right. I bet that. And his name is going to, and he's going to be a son. And guess what? We're even going to name him. And I will call him, now listen to this, and will call him Emmanuel. Now, what is Emmanuel? God with us. God with us. And so I love this. And so, uh, um, man, I don't know if I can go this. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from, the, from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, for uh, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And then it says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. What's above your shoulders? Your head. Right? We have the mind of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. We're seated with Christ where? In heavenly places. Also, what was on his shoulders? Man, he bore that cross. And he carried that up. And because he carried that up, now the kingdom of God rests on him. Your peace comes in the head and comes in Jesus and it comes through him. You're, you know, you're, not, you're not relegated to, to man, but you're, you're under God and through his kingdom and through his grace. Does that make sense? There's a freedom in that when you really understand that. Now, I've got to read this to you because it's like Colossians is so, so powerful because it's a mystery, and I love mysteries. Anybody like mysteries? I love mysteries except when they come to me. <laughs> All right, then I want to know everything. It says, Now I speak, speak, I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of the body, which is the church. I have become a, its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. You know what he's saying? From Genesis all the way to Revelations, this book is about Jesus. It's about really what God was saying. It's better to take refuge and trust in God than to put your trust in man. Our only salvation is through him and in him and because of him. The entire book is about Jesus. It's a mystery revealed, and this mystery is what he was telling us right there. Emmanuel, God with us, not just God with us, but Christ in us. The hope of glory. All the fullness of the deity and the Godhead lives inside of you. You're not common. You're not ordinary. You're born with a purpose, and you have an appointment with the promise. But he says this, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is... In you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect 
in Christ. To this end, I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in heaven, in me. Listen to this. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Got eight minutes to get this through. So now, what is glory? In, in Strong's, it's doxa. In Strong's 139, you can test me. It corresponds with the Old Testament word kabod, which is the Old Testament 3519. Heavy or weighty abundance, riches, honor, splendor, glorious. And so then here you can, here you can see kabod. And then the verb is Strong's 3513, to be heavy. It is comprised of, of the three Hebrew letters, kaf, the latent power of the spiritual to bend or shape and make actual the physical bait, which is the inside or the house or within a dalet or a door or a path. What it's really saying is that Jesus said, said the secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed thing belongs to his people. When Jesus was going before the Lord's prayer, he said, said go into your closet. What you do in your closet will come out in the open. What well, I used to always think that just meant sin. It was, it, it, he wasn't talking about that. You know what he was talking about? He's talking about prayer. What we pray in, the, in our closet, what we pray on the inside. Like I quit praying to God way off there and I closed my eyes. The reason I closed my eyes? Like I used to think I closed my eyes because everybody else did and it made, made it more exciting when I was driving and praying. <laughs> like everyone dodging everyone. Yeah, that's why I close my eyes when I pray. That's just why I do it. But I realized I close my eyes. Why? Because I shut off this outside world. I go into my closet, and what I do in here will be bent and shaped and reflected out there. Why? Because it's the power of God in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's why we pray. That's the power of prayer. Right? Now, to, to the Jewish people, every, every Shabbat, every Shabbat they, they bless their children. And when they do, they cuff their hand. Do you know why they cuff their hand? Because it's a cough. And it means you'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. Why? Because they're trying to get that in them. Because they know whatever's in you, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Anybody know what this is? That's Hebrew? That's what? That's gravity. Yeah. You know who discovered gravity? God. Yeah. But other than that, Newton, he had an apple come and what? Hit him on the head? Right? Come and hit him on the head and then it what? Knocked him out and when he got up he was loopy and made all kinds of weird things. No. So it's like force and then, then mass one and mass one and then this is the measurement between them. And, but it's, uh, it's complicated. I love it. I won't go all into it because then I'll probably get mess it up anyway. <laughs> but I love gravity because gravity is a weightiness. And that's what God's glory is. Do you think when those angels are flying around and they're going, holy, 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 it's a heavier, weighty abundance, riches, honor, splendor, glory. All of who God is is in us. You think about that? Now, Newton had all these theories, and then Einstein come, comes along with his E equals MC squared, where, where Newton's like, mass takes, as, takes mass to move mass, and Newton's like, everything's energy, man. 
Like, he's just laid back. He's on the beach surfing. You know, he's got his hair back. And, okay, maybe not. Right? Here's Einstein. I love Einstein, right? But he was talking about when you go to the speed of light, if you go to the speed of light, it makes you the heaviest thing around. So you know how heavy the earth is? That means that, that whatever, whatever is around you is with gravity is going to be pulled to you. And that's why it's so awesome. Christ in us, the hope of glory. If he be lifted up, he draws all men unto him. Why? Because he has that heaviness. He has a weighty abundance of riches, honor, glory, splendor, salvation, everything you're ever going to need, and it comes in one person, and his name's Jesus. And the Bible says, Christ in us is the hope of glory. You know, he carries some weight. I was driving to church, and I was in the fast lane, and I was just paying attention, kind of going slow, and, a, and the state patrolman comes behind me. I was like, well, I'm not going to speed, because if I speed, he's going to give me a ticket. And I'm not going to slow down, because if I slow down, then he's going to think I'm avoiding him. <laughs> but that lane next door is clear, so I'm going to get over. So I just put my turn signal on, got over, and went by. Next person did the same thing. Next person did the same thing. He didn't even have his lights on, but why? Because he had a weightiness to him. Did I respect it? So what all... The universe respects this and will bow to this. And guess who's in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't discount who you are. He's made you perfect in him, and he loves you perfectly, and you carry his kavod, his weight, his glory. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. We just bless you and give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.